Table Talk with Grace Redmond features conversations with fierce and fabulous people from Grace's community and circle who inspire others with their stories of overcoming challenges to create amazing. Grace is an entrepreneur and success coach who works with individuals to diminish their negative mental chatter, boost their confidence, achieve their goals, and increase their prosperity mindset. Get ready for a series of Anything Goes Conversations with remarkable men and women that will get you jazzed for life's unlimited possibilities of success, freedom, and fun. Welcome to Real Talk with Grace Redmond. I am Grace Redmond here for another episode of Real Talk with you, where I get to have real life rock conversations with incredible people from my circles and communities who have overcome challenges and created fabulous. Today, my fabulous guest is Lori James. Lori is a mother, caregiver, divorcee, turned author, and transformative coach. Lori's book, Sandwiched, a memoir of holding on and letting go, is about her path to self-discovery and freedom during a time when she was raising 14 daughters, her mother had a heart attack, and her husband's lawyer delivered some shocking news. Now, Lori coaches women looking to redesign their lives to find purpose, freedom, and joy. When she's not looking out for her dad, talking about the sandwich generation, her book, or coaching, she can be found walking her dog, skiing, sailing, hiking, spending time with friends, or nurturing her free spirit by planning her next adventure. Please help me welcome the fabulous Lori James. Hello, Grace. Thank you so much for having me on. And that was such a wonderful, heartfelt introduction. I've got chills right now. Yeah, no, you're amazing. And I was just telling you, you, like, I, you know, complete, I got through the entire book, you know, sandwiched and sister, it was really amazing. And so much um, of your experiences, like really resonated for me. So as I was reading, I'm like, gosh, yes, like, I know how she feels like I know Mm -hmm feels like um and something you just mentioned is a sandwich generation like mm-hmm. I never thought about it like that mm-hmm. tell us what that means to you the sandwich generation so it's actually a term and people use it and basically the sandwich generation is when you people anywhere from typically 40 to 60 maybe a little bit older that have either children still in the home or they're supporting adult children in some way. And they're also caring in some capacity for their elderly parents. And that actually covers about 45% of everyone in that demographic. Yes. And and that was myself as well. My kids were um, definitely, you know, not adults. They were much younger and I um, helped transition both my parents. You know, they both had, um, cancer and had the business. So definitely sandwiched. I can, I could, uh, I, I was able to really relate to it. And, and so many other, and the caregivers, you know, I can relate mm-hmm. to that in other instances. The not crazy so- ass caregivers. Yeah. You should definitely write a book about the caregivers for sure. And I'm grateful for the caregivers that have been in our lives, you know, um, because there's a situation, you know, with someone in my life where we need caregivers. It's not easy. Like you think, okay, it's so easy to find a caregiver. Yeah. Well, and that's the funny, uh, that's actually a really funny uh, topic and and one maybe that I can start at because my book actually started out as the Caregiver Chronicles. 
right? Mm -hmm. Because I would come home from visiting my parents and dealing with the latest caregiver issue, whether it was, you know, the caregiver that was stealing from me or drinking on the job or emotionally seducing my dad. And I'd come home, I'm like, to my then husband and to my friends, I'm like, you are not going to believe what happened today. And they're like, you need to write this down. I'm like, I can't, I don't even have time to barely think like, how am I going to write this stuff down? Right. (laughs) So it took me several years to get everything into a place of calm. And that's when I did start writing. And and it's funny because um, I watched one of your other podcasts and you mentioned like it kind of took five years for the book to come to fruition. Um, and I remember my own publisher, because I wanted to rush it, says you can't because there's going to be life experiences that happen um, that need to be in that book. And boy, she wasn't, I want to say she was not fucking. Yeah. Yeah. So, which brings me to something because you said um, something happened when you finished your first draft of your book. What was yeah. that? Can you share with us? Yeah, it was actually very powerful um, and it was a pivotal point in my life. And what happened was... I wrote my first draft. I was still in my marriage and I might be giving this away, but um, (laughs) I was still in my marriage and I sat there and I said, this is not my ending. Like Mm -hmm. that, that intuition inside of me, my soul, my gut, whatever, however you want, you know, God, how, whatever higher being you refer to for me, it's my higher self and my intuition. And I was like, this is not my ending this is not, this doesn't feel right. I need to do something and I need to do something drastic. Mm. And I needed to make a huge life change. And, but doing that gave me the freedom to write my whole story. And And that doing that meaning what I had to leave my marriage to be able to finish the story. Which because I, I wrote it as like, oh, you know, when we found our way in, and I was like, nothing about this feels right, right? Like as a coach, you know, coaching yeah. is all tapping into, yes. it's tapping into our knowing, it's tapping into that inner guide or your intuition. It's like, okay. And this was before I even did any coaching but I w- I've always been a very intuitive person, or mm-hmm. I like to think I was. Clearly, I wasn't <laughs> if I was in some of these predicaments. But I was in the process of tapping into more of my intuition at the time or listening to it. Anyway, so yes. And so I did leave my marriage. And that really, which was the scariest thing I've ever done in my whole entire life. I can't imagine. And, but it's also been the most freeing. So being where we are in our lives, you know, I've um, had a lot of, you know, friends going through divorce and, you know, I've had my own struggles. Can you talk a little bit about how it was the most, the scariest, but then on the other side, it was the most freeing? Yeah. Um, So I think when something is really, actually, I just wrote an article about this in my newsletter that went out yesterday. So if anybody's out there, they can go on to my website, Lori E. James and read it. But at, there's a really wonderful author. Where is he? And his name is Stephen. I've got his book right here. 
um, the the war of art. Mm. It's a really wonderful book, and he talks all about resistance and how mm. resistance shows up in different ways. I don't know if you've ever read this book. No, but I definitely resistance. I like and, to hear and basically, and, and I'm and this is paraphrasing, but basically, what happens is the greater the fear, the more the the bigger the call is to our soul's evolution, mm. right? And so the point is when something is so fearful that's when we have to walk through that fear. We need to find the strength, the courage to walk through that fear because that's freedom is on the other side. Yes. Right. And the other thing he talks about that I wrote about in my newsletter was, so it's so funny we're talking about this is our biggest fear is the fear that we are going to succeed, whether it's unconscious or conscious, you know, that's our biggest fear. And then what do we do? Marianne Williamson talks about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, I think how do, what, what, I can't rem quite remember her saying. Yeah. Like, I, 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 let me look it it's, up. Um, it's, um, who am I, who am yes. I to, to do X? Yes. Who am I not to? Yes. And it's so powerful because, you know, um, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It's our light, not yeah. our darkness that makes us most, that, that most frightens us. And yes. it goes on. Yes. Do you, so this is so crazy because I was talking about this this morning. Do you, does this resonate for you? I think most of us are so accustomed to being in our crisis, to being in our trauma. And that, yes. that's, that's that's how we live and survive like who would we be if we were in peace yeah who who would we be and because when that's all you know that feels like comfort that feels like home we're addicted you know i write this in my book like we are addicted to the drama because that drama um produces the same endorphins that feel like that happiness does mm -hmm, that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's, and our brain doesn't know the difference. Our brain doesn't know the difference. So I remember for myself, when I started my journey and was letting go of the dysfunction and of the drama, there were times that I would be sitting and I thought I was depressed, mm -hmm. but I well, might've been, I, didn't, <laughs> I mean, you know, depression is a, a yes. symptom of that. Right. And I've been depressed before, but this felt different. Uh, and then I was like, oh gosh, this is peace. I don't know how to sit in peace because I'm so used to the, you know, I'm gonna I'm getting a little warm talking about all this. <laughs> I'm so used to the drama. And I was like, yeah. that was a light bulb moment. Can you is that something that resonates with you? Can you oh completely? I can remember. I mean, I can even remember as a kid thinking. I want something really bad to happen because ah. then I'll feel like important mm. or like special in some way. And mm. I can, and then fast forward this time that I write about in my book, I can remember there were times when like, maybe it was a week or two that nothing was happening, you know, whether, you know, with my husband, my kids, my parents. And I was like, okay, I think I'm kind of ready for something to happen. And I'm like, Lori, stop it. Like, that's a sick thought. Like, why are you thinking of it? Because we get addicted to Yes, that. yes. And I'm so glad, because I thought I was crazy. Now, I, like, I love the peace. Yeah. I love the, like, like, I, I don't, I don't, you know, you know, like I have very little drama, you know, 
in my life, but it took, it took time for me to adjust. Yeah. My nervous system was so used to it. It's like, where's it at? I want it. But yeah. I, I, I'm so grateful I got to the other side because like you said, there's so much peace and freedom, you know, on the other side of that. Yeah. And the other thing that I'll just um, kind of share also is I did leave my husband and, and actually it was five years ago this past weekend that I left. Um, so there's a milestone, but I've been dating somebody for the last year and it's super healthy. It's super wonderful. But there are times like, and it's great. Like, you know, I think he could potentially be my life partner, but which is wonderful. But at the same time, there are like, everything is so even keeled. It's just like, well, this is a little boring. (laughs) Totally. And I, and and I, and I get like, I don't say that to him, but I have these thoughts in my head and, and, you know, my therapist friends and my therapist also says that's normal. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, I know it is, but it's, so it's getting, it's getting comfortable with that. Yes. Getting comfortable with with the peace. And again, that's the freedom. And I've learned that, um, you know, because as long as we're living and breathing, there's always going to be something that there's always going to be a challenge or because as humans, we need to grow and expand. And what I'm learning is, you know, every, at every layer, there's a different, uh, our core wounds are going to stay the same. Um, they, those don't change, but there's a different layer. And then I've learned like, as I get to the next layer of that core wound, then I experience even a greater freedom on the other side. Oh, Yes. And I never thought that's possible. I'm like, okay, good. Got there, done that. And then like, boom, I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. And what I found. There's the other side. Yeah. And what I've also found is the things that used to trigger me in my old marriage, in my marriage, right? So those triggers, even when I was dating, you know, on, and on dating different people to find someone, um, as I was starting to date healthier people and also surround myself with healthier people, those triggers, the, the things that would trigger me, they might still trigger me, but it was uh, the amount of time to get me out of that spiral was less. Yes. And then it was fewer and further in between. Yes. Right. So that's the healing process that we go through. I could totally well. relate to that as well. Yeah. And of course I still get triggered, but now I kind of witness it. Instead yeah. of, I mean, I'm not going to tell you, I always witness it. There's times like I get dragged into it because there's another layer. Yeah. We're human. Totally. But it's not as intense. Yes. Um, it doesn't last as long. And there are some things that would trigger me in the past that I just observe. I'm like, okay, like I get it. Uh, and, and that's in itself is empowering because for me, I feel like I wasted so much energy in those triggers that I wasn't able to enjoy the fullness of life and be present. No, you're in survival mode. Well, yeah. It's just survival mode, right? Right. That's right. And much, I think, as, you know, as, you know, I'm not going to say just women, as men and women, when our kids are young and we're going through it and there's so much going on. And I think most of us are in survival mode. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, I just felt like I was always treading water. I mean, that's the analogy that I use a lot with people because, I mean, even when my kids were little, I had four kids under the age of five. 
And so there was that and, you know, and just getting everybody to sleep and sleep through the night and all that. It's like, okay, I can breathe. I'm treading water regularly. And then something would pull me down. Right. Or then when, you know, when I write about in my book, the primary eight years of, okay, this drama, that drama, it's like, okay, you know, am I treading water today? And then there's a part of you that's like, okay, what do I do with myself? But yeah, it's constantly, and it takes you so much longer to recover yes. that you don't have the capacity, your brain, I mean, it's actually a neurological issue. Your brain doesn't have the capacity to relax its nervous system so that way you can feel safe and secure and enjoy that freedom. Yeah. I mean, we're, con we're going to, we were, all, you know, cause again, raising the kids, we were in a constant fight or flight response. Yeah. We didn't give our time, you know, our body, our nervous system to go into that parasympathetic response to relax. Right. So we're always going and something I teach. And I know it's not easy, you know, especially when you have kids and, and um, working relationships, whatever it is, if we could, we weren't taught to make that space for self-care, not our generation. Mm -mm. And I really want to emphasize, you know, to the generation coming, you know, um, behind us that the self-care is so, and it's not just about getting your hair, because I could get my hair and hair and nail done for days. No. But Nothing to do with that. I mean, yeah. About this. Yeah. So um, I, you know, Ladies and gentlemen that are watching, start now because yeah. the effects can, you know, linger. It, it, yeah, it's it's so important and it, it's hard. It's hard in our world because our our world is getting faster. Yes. We get information faster. There's so much stimuli coming at us between TV and social media and you know, it's getting, we're getting pulled in so many directions. It's like, a, you know, and then we have FOMO with like, well, I want to be part of that. And I want to be part of that. But one of the things I think COVID at least taught me was it forced me to slow down. Yes. And so it's, how do I take some of that and continue to uh, fold that into my daily life and not get back on that treadmill again? Well, I struggle with that because, you know, I was a conditioned overachiever and, um, doer but a lot of it like i enjoy as well but i have to remind myself okay now you're starting to get back on that wheel does it feel good yeah. to you are these things you want to do and if not i need to scale it back um but like i want it all like i want the so you know i want the social life i want to go out i want to work like i want it all and i'm remembering well there are some things that even to this day i have to say no to yeah yeah and but i want to do it all so Time to get discerning, Grace. <laughs> exactly. So something you talk about um, is a loneliness you felt so much of your life. Mm -hmm. And relate to that. How did you overcome that loneliness? Um, a couple, two different things really come up for me is, I think the first thing with anything is awareness around it, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's developing that awareness I did not get into therapy until I was in my 40s. So I think therapy really helped me with that awareness. But at the same time, especially during this eight year period of time in my life, I was grasping for answers. I was grasping to understand why this was all happening to me. 
Um, so I was on a spiritual journey. So that was one thing that really helped me to understand the spiritual aspect of my life and who I am personally. Therapy was a huge piece of it to understand that the choices that I was making was was adding to or um, reinforcing my personal belief, right? And then as coaching, we talk about a, a lot about our beliefs, and it's it's changing my perspective on my belief that I, you know, I because what's also in my book, as you know, is I'm adopted, which added to my loneliness because I didn't feel like I belonged in my family, etc. So it's it's really understanding that and doing the inner work that you need to do, the self-development work through spirituality, through therapy, through coaching. But it's also then changing your exterior, your exterior world mm -hmm. that's reinforcing the beliefs that you have. Yes, I love how right? you right. So it's it, it's a combo, but first and foremost, we have to do the work inside. Yes. And that's where it starts. It starts with us. And, and if we don't do the work inside, we're going to leave one, you know, bad job and go to another job. And it's mm -hmm. going to the same, you know, situation. We're going to leave one, you know, bad relationship, go to another relationship and be in the same situation. And then what's the common denominator? It's, we need to change. Our, and sometimes we don't even see it, you know, yeah. sometimes yeah. it's like, so it's like so subtle. The denial can be so subtle that you're like, oh, everything's like, oh shit, I'm the common denominator here. Yes. And we all need to um, do our own healing, but that's the hardest thing for me to accept and, and let me know, you know, how this, if this resonates for you, um, we got to accept people where they are on their journey. Mm -hmm. and they're, not ready, they're not ready. There was nothing we can do. Like mm -hmm. we went mm -hmm. along and yeah acceptance and it's so hard and acceptance and letting go yeah i think are the two very very difficult things that i had to grapple with um through my book and you know it and again you talked about the layers of the onion earlier on it, you know it's like okay we peel that layer off and you're like okay there's another layer there's another i mean yes. and that's it, it's a journey it's not a destination right yes. We're, we're done when we pass away or if you believe that your soul, you know, lives on, then I don't think we're ever done. Right. You know, I mean, I believe we are, um, we're a spirit having a human experience in, yes. in this body and we get, to, we get to choose. And sometimes like, did I really fucking choose this? Right. Yeah. Or as Oprah says, God, don't teach me anything today. Right. Oh gosh. I'm like, can I just integrate and be like, can I just do nothing and be, um, exactly. But again, when we're, when we're so, um, you know, cause I'm so deep and intuitive, it's like, it's hard for me to just not you know, just, yeah, not like I see everything like, oh, okay. I have an awareness, you know, around that. Um, that's why it's so important to have fun. Yeah. You know, absolutely. And you talk about, you know adventures and Oh, yeah. I love um, like, you know, how you in the book you talk about taking different trips to different places. Mm -hmm. And when you're on those trips, you know, although there's other things looming, you know, um, you talk about like how you are in your joy and how you, you know, felt good. And I think that those distractions are so important because those help us. I know for me, those 
maybe they're not even distractions, those times of flow really bring clarity to what may, what I may have to do next or what, what yeah. could be my next step. Right. Absolutely. And, and, you know, there's two, two things I'll say about that. The first is that's a time that we need to give to ourselves. That's part of our self-care, right? I mean, if you can't go on this really fabulous trip, that's fine. Go to the beach, go for a hike, right? But getting yourself away and giving yourself that self-care to nurture whatever your soul needs. Like, you know, I have clients, I've got one client that loves to dance. You know, I'm a nature person. Like what feeds your soul and refills you up, refuels and rejuvenates you. So that's important for those who are listening because it's going to be different for everybody. They do. But the other piece is there is more and more research around how nature is very calming for the nervous system. And even some doctors in the U.S. and Canada are actually prescribing um, like um, national park passes for people to encourage them to get out in nature because it is very calming. We're not used to having the lights and the computers and the da -da -da and the constant yeah. stimulation. We need to learn to calm our nervous system down. Yes. And it's funny that you say that, that some doctors are prescribing. I recently um, had a health situation that uh, I went through and I'll share about that more later. However, you know, I worked with both my primary care physician or, you know, the Western medicine doctor mm -hmm. and my naturopath. Mm -hmm. And when I went to the naturopath, he was like, do you get out in nature? And I said, yes. He goes, well, how often? I said, at least once or twice a week. And he's like, you need to get out there more often. He, and he mm -hmm. said, um, go do a, a, a tree bath or a forest bath. Mm. I never looked it up because I still went out, but he did prescribe that as yeah. part of my uh, regimen. Yeah. I did believe, it help? Yes. Yes. Yeah. It really, it, uh, me being for me, being by water is very healing for me. Like mm -hmm. being like go out by the bay. Yeah, um, we do. Our, our body is not made to constantly be in that fight or flight. We need to rest. Yes. And and that, like you said, the devices and being mm -hmm. out in nature also connects us to that higher spirit, higher power, God, universe, mm -hmm. whatever you, know, you choose to call it. Yeah. And that's when we connect to ourselves. And for me, that's when the loneliness started to fade. Mm, interesting. Yeah. When yeah. I connect again. It was through the healing. Right. Of course. But then when I right. started to connect with, you know, something greater than me. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. And and the other the other piece that I'll throw in there about the loneliness is when I I was so afraid when I left my marriage that I was going to feel more alone. And the complete opposite happened. Interesting. Because I was in a very lonely marriage. And so when I left. I felt less alone than I think I had my entire life. I think Robin William talks about that or talked about that. Um, I don't have the quote and I won't go look it up. Um, but he said, I think the saddest thing is being alone when you have so many people around you. Yeah. Something, you know, you talked about earlier and you also mentioned, you said, you know, you listen to your soul and um, you left the marriage or you would have withered away and, and, and died. Your soul would have withered away and died. Can you speak a little bit on that? Yeah, I um, I'm getting chills as we talk about it. Um, it. It was around the time when I finished 
my book, my first draft that we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, it was, it was, my kids were, my youngest were leaving for college. And I, we were planning a couple of trips, my ex-husband and I, and I just remember, I just thought about, okay, if I commit to this trip that we're planning, it was for his 60th birthday at the time. That means I need to stay in this relationship for another X amount of months, whatever it was. And I just, I just got this like visceral feeling in my core and my solar plex. And I just thought, oh my God, like I can't keep doing this. And it was the same feeling I had the Christmas because this was around the fall. It was about this time of the year and we were planning for something in February. So, and I had had that same feeling around the holidays because if I was going to leave my relationship, I wasn't going to do it around the holidays to associate but you know, a divorce with Christmas for my kids. Totally. But, and, and so, and after, so between that and my youngest had just gone away to college and I'm just, I sat there and I said, okay, so if I stay in this relationship, this is the way I'm going to feel for the next 25 or X amount of years. And I thought, my soul is going to wither away and die if I stay in this relationship. I will have to, I was already small. I had to be small in my marriage. Hmm. So I was going to have to shrink even more and more and more to be able to stay in the marriage. And I just like, I can't do that. I am a person, I'm outgoing. I, there's so much life to live. I mean, there's so much horrible things that are going on in the world that we won't talk about, but there's also a lot of really, a lot of beauty in the world too. Yes. Yes. So how do we tap into that? And that's what I want to experience. I feel like that's the thing my soul's here to experience. Yes. And to also make a difference in other people's lives. For sure. And I feel like, again, this is the second act of our lives and how do we want to live it, you know, small, which I want to go back to that and ask you about that, you know, small or like go out there and, and explore and expand um, yourself. Yes. And, and, and like open yourself up and, and feel, mm-hmm. feel what it feels like to be out in nature, feel what yes. it feels like to have this wonderful, deep conversation with each other. Right. Feel what life really is. I don't want to sit back and just observe what life is. I want to experience and feel what life is about. And it goes back to like, we are a spirit that came into this body to experience. And there's a saying in Arabic um, and basically to translate it, we're basically living dead. Not we, but just, Mm -hmm. you could live without even living. And I don't want to live like that. You know, yeah. I want to have fun. I want to enjoy. I want to feel, you know, that, that freedom. Yeah. But I want to go back and you said you felt small and that you had to be small. What do you mean? Um, so my ex-husband was a narcissist in, in some ways. And I understand where it stems from. It stemmed from some 
you know, a very difficult childhood that I write about a little bit in the book, but he had a very difficult childhood. So when, so we all develop coping me mechanisms, right, to live. And so when you take those coping mechanisms into your adult life, um, you know, it, it's, it's so that way he, we can feel safe, right? Because yes. that was the only way we could feel safe as a child. Mm -hmm. So one of his <laughs> coping mechanisms was I need a lot of control and I need to be right <laughs> because he wasn't able really to have any control in his life growing up and he was always wrong and he was never good enough. Mm -hmm. And so there was no room for discussion or negotiation. It was basically his way. We were doing things his way or I could put up a fight, but it would take so much effort and so much energy for me to get my way. I had to really decide, is this worth it? Yeah, it's exhausting. Because it, it is exhausting. Mm -hmm. And so I acquiesced for probably the first 18 years of our relationship. But then again, my I think my soul on some level was like, Okay, Lori, you gonna live like this? Like, how long are you gonna do this? Right. I was not able to be myself in my relationship, which added to the loneliness. And I'm not like I call myself an introverted extrovert. Like I need a certain amount of time to myself mm -hmm. to, so I can be social. But I do value connection. And mm -hmm. as humans, I think we all want to connect, but I think sometimes our experiences don't allow us to connect yes. the way we want to. But as humans, we need to connect. Absolutely. Whether it's the right, the intimate relationship, the the social relationships, the um exterior relationships. There's just this wonderful book by Vivek Murthy, who's the current um uh, Surgeon General, and he was a Surgeon General for um, Obama. And I read his book called Together. And it's just a wonderful book that really kind of explains the importance of relationships. And when some of the, that those pieces are missing in the relationship, that can cause loneliness. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I could I could uh, relate to that. And I understand that we I, you know, we fall in love or, you know, we connect on that piece. But then what I've learned is, we, uh, our trauma responses really attract us to each other. So then you have, you know, <laughs> so then we have, you know, um, and, and each person has to do their own work and you have to meet them where they are. Um, but I was reading Eckhart Tolle's um, The Power of Now when it comes to relationships, especially romantic relationship, he goes, they are the most dysfunctional and, and, um, you know, messed up because they trigger all of our, 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 our stuff. And we're both, you know, responding from, like you said, you know, our childhood. And so that for me, I was like, well, you know, that helps me. But sometimes, you know, again, like there's decisions you have to make for yourself mm -hmm. and you got to yeah. let go and, and move on. And it takes courage. So I commend you on, on taking that courageous step because you guys were married for like almost what, 27 years, 26 years together, 28. So yeah. And, and it's hard because you know, the other piece of it, there's two pieces of it. One is, and I write about this in my book, I created, 
I thought I was creating this, this life and this family that I didn't have as a child because I thought it was going to keep me safe. Right. And so that's one piece of it. And nothing can be further from the truth because there was, there wasn't a lot of emotional safety. There was a lot of, I mean, I had financial safety, I had physical safety, but there wasn't a lot of emotional safety in there to really be able to feel comfortable to talk about feelings and emotions and how that might've hurt me or whatever, you you know, and it goes back to what, you know, the Eckhart Tolle, that, that intimate relationship. Um, But the other thing is when I made that decision, I wasn't just making that decision. That decision didn't just affect me. It affected my family, right? Mm -hmm. It, It affected my four daughters and my four daughters are like, they're the most important thing in my life. And so you know, that's one, one, those are the two reasons why I spent so much five and a half years therapy trying to work it out. Right. And, well, you know, for easy. those reasons. Yeah. I mean, it's not an easy, you know, that's, that's not an easy decision to make, like you said, because it's connected to so many other individuals and it affects yeah. so much. Um, and, you know, everyone at their, has to do, do it at their own pace as well. Yeah. Something that, um, you know, I, I wanted to touch on was when you were, you know, going through all of your experiences and, you know, um, your incredible daughters, um, amazing girls, you talk about them and kind of being sandwiched in that and being, you know, in the marriage, what did you start doing for yourself to help yourself stay sane? (laughs) Drink wine with girlfriends? <laughs> Drink wine with girlfriends responsibly. Responsibly, in moderation. Responsibly. Yeah. Not yes. get drunk, but drink. Um, so mm-hmm. a, a couple of different things. Definitely developing that female tribe was very important mm-hmm. because I didn't have I know I don't have family, supportive family. And so that was that became my family. So I really started at the beginning of the book, started surrounding myself with friends that had my back, who I could cry on their shoulders. I would do the same for them. And I felt very safe for them. So it's developing those friendships. Um, For me, yoga is something that has been a savior in my life. Meditation. So yoga led me to meditation too. But yoga was one of the um, exercises that I was able to do that would calm my central nervous system or my autonomic mm-hmm. nervous system down enough where it was longer lasting. Like meditation will do it for me, but it was temporary. Like it would only last maybe an hour or two where if I went to yoga two or three times a week, like that would carry me for two, you know, one yoga class would carry me for at least two days. Mm-hmm. And that was huge. Yeah. Um, and then therapy, I mean, just, you know, and nature, mm-hmm. all of it, all of those things, all of those things. <laughs> right. And so, but again, everybody is different. So yes. it's really coming back to yourself and, and trying to understand what is it that I need and, and what, what rejuvenates me, what refuels me. Sometimes it's reading a book. Right. And 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 in front of the TV. 
And there's, like you said, there's so many different things um, you can do, but I agree with what you said. For me, it is meditation. Um, I love Bikram yoga and I got to get mm -hmm. there more often since the pandemic. Yeah. It's really other, messed things up. But I do other, you know, other types of, you know, yogas. I love being in the heart room. Mm -hmm. That helps me so much. Um, journaling. So again, making, like you said, making time for those things definitely yeah. helps. You know, I'm now they're just habit, even if I'm not going through a heart, like those are just my, mm -hmm. they become are, part of your routine. Those are my part of my routine. Those are my habits. And I live by them. I'll yeah. Same. And I live by the principles that you talk about, like the surrender, the acceptance, the allowing. And of course you go deeper in the practice, you know, mm -hmm. um, as we continue to move forward in this, you know, adventure we call life as we age and we'll get wiser and yes. we'll dig deeper into those um, processes because they're not, it's not always black or white, you know? Yeah. And I think the other thing that I'll touch on is also writing. Like I was never a, a big journal gal. I still am not a big journal gal, but when I write, whether I sit down to write my newsletter or when I was writing my book and as I'm deciding whether I have another book in me or not, yeah. It, it that's very meditative too because it really helps you make sense of what's happening in your life like agree. and examining what was going on why did i react the way i did why um, or not react and so it really helps you go a little bit deeper and really understand your choices mm. and how your choices affect, you know, your, your outcome and yes. that we do have choices. We do. We do. And I, I didn't think, you know, growing up, I didn't think I had choices, but now, you know, as a, as a coach like yourself, we always have a coach. We always have a, a choice, even yes. if that choice in that moment is to do nothing, which brings me to the question, what inspired you to become a coach? So when I, when my twins were in college, uh, high school, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, right? Because I'm not a person that can just, you know, and if I stayed in my marriage, I wasn't going to have to work, which was, you know, again, financial security was nice, but, but, uh, you know, do I start a nonprofit? So I really started exploring. <clears throat> and when I first started working with a coach myself, I figured out what my values were, right? And what my strengths were. And one of those values and strengths is making a difference, right? So uh, making a difference. So I, whether it's raising my children, um, you know, I wanted to be the primary parent in their life. I didn't want to have somebody else raise them. And it doesn't go against anybody that chooses to work or has to work. It was just a choice that I made. And, um, um, so, and so I was looking at what to do and I used to be a recruiter in my past life before I stayed home. And That's I think you are too, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I've always been a people person and I've always enjoyed helping other people. So it, it, it just came naturally. So I kind of played with like being a, a parenting coach and, then maybe a divorce coach. And then I'm like, no, I, let me spread it a little bit bigger. And so the day I turned my manuscript in, 
is the day I started my coaching program. I love that. <laughs> the back, yeah. And um, it just felt right. It felt right. And it was beautiful because I really wanted a program that was ICF certified. And she had just become ICF certified program. So I was like, okay, done. You know, I love her. I love, you know, what she stands for. And she's, you know, just been an amazing mentor in my life and, you know, through her books. And so it was just a no brainer for me. Well, that's the universe working on our behalf and the yes. and bringing the information to us, like mm -hmm. when we're ready. And, and mm -hmm. I totally believe in all of that. Yeah. So now I want to want you to tell us about your new course. Oh, yes. Thank you. So I am starting a course at middle of October. So I think it's the 19th. And it's all about dating in midlife and how to date differently in midlife. I've got a little flyer here that I've, okay, and, uh, you know, and, and the, the topics that we're going to cover is, you know, our beliefs around dating attachment styles. We're going to dip into that a little bit and how they play into dating values and non-negotiables. Like what are your values? What are your non-negotiables for dating? dating yourself, uh, what I call the four C's, chemistry, connection, compatibility, and conflict repair, manifesting nice. your ideal partner, and then you get one one-on-one -on -one coaching session. So if there's anybody out there, please DM me, or you can go to my website, laurieejames.com, and click under course and you can apply or even just send me a note for more information. But I'm super excited about this because these are all the things that I did to find mm -hmm. the person that I'm with. Mm -hmm. And so I know they're proven and they work. I love it for everyone that's watching. We will have Lori's information below. Um, we might even be able to do the course link, but we'll definitely link them to your website Perfect. if you know, they're interested. And um, once we, um, upload to Apple, iTunes, Spotify, all of your information and YouTube, all of your information will definitely be there. And in the meantime, if anyone has questions, you can definitely put them in the chat. Lori and I will definitely come back to that. What is one last nugget of wisdom that you'd like to leave our audience with? Mm, one last nugget, you know, um, Letting go, surrendering is what comes up to me. I know we've touched on that a little bit, but I don't think we went real, real deep into it. And again, there's layers and layers of that as well. Um, but it's, you know, when we surrender and we let go, I mean, that's what I write about. I had to let go of the life I planned in order to find the life I belong to. And it's so true. If you can step through that fear and let go of something that you're so afraid of letting go of or afraid to achieve, when you do that, amazing things can happen. And mm -hmm. your life, the, the, the amount of suffering changes. I mean, just the joy and the happiness and the freedom, just you open space for it to flood in. Mm, that is a beautiful, beautiful nugget of wisdom that I'm just going to let it be there and just sit in the energy of that for a moment, because you're right. It is in the letting go that we create space yeah. for more and better. Yeah. 
Love it. Time flies. I can stay here with you the rest of the day. I know. So much, so much we didn't cover. I'd love to have you back again and join me. Um, in the I new love year. that. And I want to hear more about your book that's coming yes, out too. I can't wait. Thank you. I'll be sharing more about that definitely very soon. But it was Good. such a pleasure and honor to um, have you on today. Sandwich is really a great memoir. Um, go ahead. You can find it on Amazon. That's where I picked it up on. And it's just, it's real and raw. And I appreciate your vulnerability with that. Thank you. Thank, Thank you for joining me. Hold on with me. And for those of you that are watching, as always, I'm really grateful. And I appreciate you because I know there are thousands of different places you can be. And I'm thankful that you're here with us live or on the replay. And as always, I wish you um, the best and continue to create a life you love because you're creating, always creating. So if you're always creating, why not create something you love? All right. Yes, have an absolutely. Right. Have an incredible rest of the day. And I thank you, Grace. Thank you so much for having me and yes. reading my book. I loved our conversation. I will definitely too. stay in touch on this journey. Yeah. Stay with me for just one second, Lauren. Bye, all. Hey, love. Thank you so much for listening today. I am so grateful for you. I'd like to show you my appreciation by gifting you a free forgiveness self-hypnosis audio download. Part of living the fun and fabulous life is practicing forgiveness. Forgiveness can be such a long and challenging process. My intention is that this forgiveness audio will help you in practicing forgiveness, especially with yourself. Grab it by visiting daretoachieve.com backslash forgiveness. For more inspiring tips, make sure to connect with me on social media. Drop me a line on Facebook or Instagram at Grace Redmond Dare to Achieve. Until next time, keep moving forward towards living your fabulous life.